0: Said she had scoliosis, I I ministered to her, I don't know, in the last year and she went to a, she had bad scoliosis, she was going. Mm-hmm. I'm rereading it here. And X-rays showed she was healed. Well, today she no longer has scoliosis. Doctor said come back in six months for a follow-up, but the curvature in her bo- in her back is straightening out. Amen. That's just one of many we get we get things like that, pretty much every week sometimes, when especially when I'm on the road. So, let's uh let's go to Matthew first of all, Matthew chapter 10, and uh, verse 8. And if you'll permit me, I'm going to read from the the Passion Bible on this one scripture because it so touched me first of all, I recommend the passion Bible. I don't recommend all Bibles, you know, but i mean if you need whatever Bible you read and you get stuff from, I encourage you to stay with it. I mean, even it's the living Bible, which is a paraphrase in other words it's not it's not based on interpretation; it's based on a person's impression of what he's trying to say. And that's not always bad. Some people don't have good education, and he even can help us. I don't agree with everything he says in that translation, but because I am a little more studious than that, that's why I am saying that. But you don't have to be studious to get healed. You just got to believe. Some people are so studious they don't believe nothing. They're just a head, a head going somewhere to explode. You yeah. know Matthew ten verse eight in the passion. You must continually bring healing to lepers and to those who are sick. And let me just let me read it in a way I would you must continually bring healing to the sick. That was a commandment that Jesus gave those ten. I believe there was 10, uh, 10 or 12 disciples rather there in Matthew 10. You must continually listen to that continually bring healing to the sick. Well I just think you're off on a tangent. Well I didn't ask you for that. listen to me. Continue, if you're going to continually bring healing to the sick you're going to have to continue at least in some form or fashion teach on it so people can understand it yes. and I found that a lot of people that think they understand it and if I interviewed them they would give me the answers I would give somebody after studying it for almost 40 years but I buried people that did that so I know they didn't know what they were talking about they parroted me because they thought maybe that's what I wanted to hear or they thought that's what they should say you can say whatever you want but if you don't believe it in your heart it doesn't work and I can guarantee that but it's not hard but you just got to think with me here a little bit if I'm going to continually bring healing to the sick and I'm not the healer but people have to be instructed in faith to receive it sometimes there's a lot of issues with people that they're hiding secret things they don't want to reveal to anybody and goofy thinking and all that has to be straightened out and you could get it if you just stay current you just stay with me a little while and I'm going to be preaching for a while here so hopefully you could learn something you you must continually, and that's why I study healing in my private life. You know what I mean? My personal life. I already know something about it. I've had miracles all over the world and healings, all kinds of dramatic things, but I go back to it because I need it. I need to refresh what I'm thinking about things. I mean, just recently God spoke to me, a pretty big change in my life to make, and I'm, I'm making it as I'm talking to you. You must continually bring healing to lepers, and I would say that's the cancer of today, but whatever whatever the name was, it's not important, leprosy, cancer, it's just whatever the name's on, God says, I want you to continually bring healing to people and to those who are sick and make it your aim, I'm going to read the rest of this, make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people. Now, one of these Sundays coming up, I'm going to talk about deliverance, not today, but I'm talking about divine healing. But I'm going to talk about, it because a lot of times demons make people sick and ill, mental, emotional, physical, or all of the above. How many are really listening to me? All right. So we must, if we're going to, if Jesus said that, and he did, that's his interpretation of it. And I've read his footnotes and think he's a pretty sharp guy used to be a missionary, but just reading his footnotes here, I can see he knows something about the Greek New Testament. And, You know, praise the Lord. Are you listening to me? Somebody doesn't have to get my approval, but I'm pretty scrupulous when I look at things like that, pretty thorough to see if somebody knows what they're talking about. I don't believe anybody's footnotes ever. I go and see get to the Greek New Testament or go look into Amplified or something that I know is going to be right, period. Make sure you know what you're talking about before I start endorsing something. Yeah, hallelujah. We're going to talk about divine healing. I want to talk to you a minute about this here. First of all, there's three attitudes toward divine healing, three different. One attitude is held by the group that teaches that healing is not for us today. I've met them. They want to argue. Hey, listen, I'm not going to cram healing down your throat. You want to be sick, you can be sick all you want. You can have double sickness if you want it. I don't know why you'd want it, but there's an attitude in churches and believers that this group teaches that healing is not for us today. They base this on the theory that, you know, a theory is not a proven fact. Just somebody's idea of some theory that healing is a miracle and miracles do not belong to us today. Why, Why did he put in there that we have the working of miracles if it doesn't belong to us today? See, you just know one scripture would eradicate that thinking, but people hold on. See, people hold on to the wrong thing. I got a right to be sick, well'll have at it. We got a right to be it. go ahead, you know, but why would you go you know why would you go to the doctor and get it off of you then? why you take medicine? See we got if you're gonna really be against it, then just cold turkey it all right, and they say that this is what they teach that miracles are not for us today, they only belong to the apostolic age, which is. Crazy, because Jesus. The Bible says of Jesus in Hebrews thirteen and eight, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you're going to have to cut. You're going to have some scissors on your Bible if you're going to think like that. You're going to have to cut out a lot, and they they that only belong miracles only belong to the apostolic age, and when the last apostle died, divine healing ceased you see how idiot, idiotic that is? Okay, here comes John. He's 107. Bring him all in quick because he may die tomorrow. That's just nonsense. I know apostles today, and I have a slice of an apostle on my man- mantle too. <laughs> and I know real apostles today. Mike Rabel's one of them. Been on the field for 40 years. Started 15 churches in Mexico. Started doing the work in Morocco and just different places he'd been the second attitude, these are three attitudes that people hold, you know, not only in our country, in other countries too. The second attitude holds that God heals today in answer to special prayer or a special act of faith, but it is according to God's own will. See, if God didn't will in it, then you can't have it. But now we found from the Bible that it is his will because he healed the leper came and said, Lord, if you're willing, you could make me well if you will it I know you've got the power but I, I don't know if you will do it and God Jesus said I will be thou whole and now listen God is not a respecter of people right. you know Romans two eleven, James uh, 2 and Acts 10 all three say that God's no respecter of persons but he is a respecter of faith yeah. you don't have to have a lot of money to have faith you don't got to be highly educated to have faith you don't even got to be real smart to have faith you just got to believe the Bible that's how faith comes. Doesn't come from praying for it. I buried a lot of my friends that knew how to pray something, but they weren't praying the word because they died. All right. So they think the second group that it has to be a special act. of God's got to do something special, but how would you, why would you do something special if redemption includes your divine healing? You are redeemed, aren't you? Yes. We just taught that a couple weeks ago here. I used about fifteen scriptures. Could have used one hundred and fifty. And it says, but in accordance to God's will in the matter. Number third, the third attitude teaches, and this is what I believe from the Bible, that healing is for the body, is the legal right of every child of God. Every child of God has a legal right to be healed. And that the child of God receives healing for his physical body on the same grounds that he receives forgiveness of sins, a remission of sins for his spirit. Whosoever will let him come. Book of Revelation. Whosoever will let him come and drink. Well, you can come and drink of new birth, but you can also come and drink of healing. You can come and drink of deliverance. So there's three, those are three attitudes that people have. you probably got some relatives that want to fight you at Thanksgiving, throw mashed potatoes at you. Just don't pay no attention to them. Be sweet, but don't pay attention to them. Because, you know, when you're wrong, you're just wrong. And if you get around wrong people, pretty soon you think wrong. And not birds of a feather flock together, but the Bible does say he who runs with wise men will be wise like the writers of the Bible and people like me that believe the Bible. But if you walk with fools, you'll become foolish. It's your decision who you run with. But you're going to get something from everybody you run with. The closer they are to you, the more they impart to you. Good, bad, or ugly. I mean, every church I pastored, there's a little group of disgruntled people, and they always find each other. I don't know how that is. They must be meeting up at Frisch's or something. No, they're, they're mad at me about something I said or did or whatever, and it's none of your business. You just take care of your own backyard, and I'll take care of mine. I'm not trying to be rude, but let's get straight about this. I'm not judging you. I'm just preaching to you, trying to help you. But if you're out trying to find something on me, you know, what's your deal? Or you fall out with me about one little thing I said, and I helped your life for 15 years. I can think of a couple now. I went to their home, took the gun away from the man before he shot himself and his wife on the living room floor. And he got mad over something stupid, I said, and left the church. Now he's been married two or three other times and divorced those women. Thank you, Dr. J. You're welcome. Just doing my part. Not that I wanted to, but I did it anyway. He's not the first man I took a gun away from that belonged to my church. We're going to do something crazy. All right, we're talking about divine healing. Amen. Catch up. Come on, back to me. <laughs> I'm the real deal. I'm just the real deal trying to help you here. So you could, be, you could be healed by the faith of another in some cases. or And you can't do that if you're an older believer normally. You could do it when you're a baby believer, but if you're... <laughs> You, you've been in Christ for 10, 15, 20 years you never grew up, you never did anything to grow up it might be difficult to get that to work for you though it worked the first 10, 12, 15 times alright you could be healed by the faith of another or by the operation of the gifts of the spirit, when that kicks in I don't. all I got to do is obey and call it out and minister to people and for the most part they get healed unless they just didn't take it see there's a faith on both sides of this how many know what i'm saying just because you have a word doesn't mean everybody's going to receive it all right or you could be healed by the corporate faith of a group of believers that's why i like to teach on healing in a church where everybody here starts catching up and getting up into faith with me for the healing of somebody it's not you i mean it could be you up here but maybe it's not you but what about being in faith for them I've had people get up in the middle of a meeting after we preach and we're, we're dealing with cancer victims or other kind of victims that are going to die unless they get a breakthrough. And people start acting goofy. Happened to me in Mexico City. And people got in a cabinet over there and I'm praying for people. that I said, don't get up here unless you have cancer. That's what I'm praying for, cancer people. Twelve people came. I prayed for four or five and anointing was flowing real good. I can feel it. I know it. I haven't got time to explain all that. And all of a sudden, it's like somebody threw cold water on the whole thing. We didn't have any musicians singing, so they didn't destroy it. No, I'm just being real with you. But I knew something has happened drastic. And I started looking around. A bunch of people over here in the cabinet grabbing Oreo cookies and Pepsi. I said, hey, you, get out of that cabinet. What's the matter with you? Go sit in your car. What if this is your mother, your baby, your husband, your wife, your son or daughter? Get out of my meeting. Don't come back. Well, you'd think I had their attention then. You'd think the anointing I'd run it off, but it didn't. We went ahead and ministered to the rest of them. And a lady I know personally got healed in that meeting. Uh, yeah, Eating Oreo cookies, drinking Pepsi. Go down to the 4-H Center or something you want to do the... You know, the, whatever, the Kentucky Kingdom, if you want to do that. Now, isn't that pathetic? Here, we're in a church service. People are supposed to be respecting the things of God and the man of God. And I spent 45 minutes teaching them to get them up in a place where we were to do that. And they just about destroyed that anointing. I prayed and said, God, forgive them. I want that anointing back on me. I put that stuff up and leave. I think that I shocked them so much they stopped everything, just stood there for a long time. But they didn't eat any more cookies. All right. You're just a big something. No, I'm just right. And if you were in the line or your child was up here in the line to be healed of something, they're going to die in too much if they don't get it. You'd be even more ruthless if you had any sense about you instead of being a weenie. All right. You could be healed through the corporate corporate prayer of a group of people that know something. But the individual that gets healed will not be able to keep his or her healing unless... They build a faith of their own. you got to build a faith of your own. You could rely on me to some level because I have a healing endowment, but you just can't rely on that constantly. How about your own faith? Or at least using your faith to get in a level of agreement with me. And sometimes my faith is stronger than some people. Not everybody. I'm not bragging. I'm just talking a reality here. But if you'd get in faith to take a hold with me, at whatever level you're at, it would move up, move a lot quicker and stronger in you. I know something about what I'm talking about. <laughs> and you're not going to find that down at IUS either. Or U of L. It takes time to teach people the word of God and build faith in them. In the natural, when you go to a doctor, he says, take this medicine. Without fail, three times a day, you take the medicine. Right. Yeah. And most of you would, and I would too, if that's what they said. I went to be healed. I went to get some help, and they said, hey, take this three times a day for 10 days. I'm going to do what they said. But he said, you don't give a second thought to following doctor's orders. It's very normal and natural to you. Well, just as it takes time for natural medicine to take effect, it also takes time for God's medicine to take effect. I don't know if you thought that or not. If you'll give the Word of God the same opportunity that you give the natural medicine a doctor prescribes, you will be healed. I mean, you know, not to sound embarrassing, but, you know, when I hurt really bad, I did whatever they asked me to do. Take all your clothes up, lay up on this table. We're going to stick something up you and fill your body full of this. Then we're going to look at you through a scope. Man, I hurt so bad, I was willing to do whatever they asked me to do, embarrassed or not. And then after that, and then I got to pay for it, a lot of money for what they're shooting up me. And then I had to drink stuff, and they had to get down in my front of me, the upper GI. And then they put me in another thing and take pictures. It just went on and on and on and on and on and on and on and, on. and had to pay for every single bit of it. It didn't help a, a bit. Now, I know doctors are not all evil. Let me phrase this correctly because doctors are after the same thing that I'm after to get people rid of sickness and disease. I'm not putting down doctors. And if you need one, I'm telling you, praise God, you ought to pray and find a good one. That's what I do about everything I go to. For If I need help in some area, I pray. And I'll switch doctors in a minute if God says, don't go back to them, go over here. Okay, here we go, if I need it. How many are really listening? But my point is, you spend a lot of time and energy and effort. You take off work. I pastored for 35 years, asked some of you to come at 2 in the afternoon. I can't do that. I can't take off two hours. You took off to go to the dentist. You took off to go to the foot doctor. You took off to... You just didn't want to do it because I'm your pastor. See, that's the reason people don't get more than they do sometimes out of those of us who could help. All right, let's go to Matthew 14. You here with me? Well, I didn't know you was going to rebuke us. I said, well, you don't have to take the rebuke unless it's true. And buckle up your shoe and put it on. <laughs> I don't think it's any fun just to play patty cake. I'm not mad at you. If I was mad at you, I'd just pick something out of my repertoire of sermons and come up and preach it just like I'd studied it, and most people wouldn't know the difference but that's not the way I operate. I try to seek God, pray, ask God what he wants me to preach every single time I pray. I don't care what it is. I'm asking him, what do they need to hear from me today? I've got 150, 200 sermons on healing, but which one of those you want me to preach? And I'm preaching what he told me to preach to you. So let's look at Matthew 14 here for a minute. And it says, uh, verse 34, Matthew 14, 34 through 36, and when they were gone over, they came... Uh, into the land of Gennesaret, that's a city in Galilee. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, notice that they had knowledge of him. They didn't just have knowledge about him, they had knowledge of him. And I'm going to read the rest of this and show you the knowledge they had was that Jesus was a healer. Jesus was a healer. All right. It says they sent out into all that country the men of that place who had knowledge They sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. In other words, they went through the streets and he said, Okay, come. What do you got? Liver problems? Come on. Kidney problems? Come on. Heart problems? Come on. Yes, sir. Male problems, female problems, migraines, tumors, leprosy. No, No restrictions. So I know that they had knowledge of him as a healer because that's what they advertised them to come all that were diseased. Just pay attention to me. See, if you don't have knowledge of him, why would you come to him with that? Yeah. You wouldn't. If we say we're going to have a seminar on end times, you're not going to get healed probably, unless that minister happens to have an endowment for healing, but probably wouldn't teach him that all the time, end time stuff. I'm not making fun. I'm trying to clarify some things. <clears throat> yeah. And they brought all the disease to him. And as many, I'm reading the last verse, 36, and as many as touched the hem of his garment. They didn't even touch him. They just touched his garment because he sat. He was so saturated with that anointing that I read you about during the offering. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach healing and deliverance as well as the gospel to the poor. And his clothing got saturated with that and they would touch that. Notice it says as many as if there were two, they got it. If there was 200, they, if there was 2,000, they got it. As many as touched the hem of his garment were healed. Actually, the, Hebrew, the Greek says they were perfectly restored. King James says they were perfectly made whole, but the Amplified says they were perfectly restored. Sometimes we just need to stay with things a little bit. Let's go back to Matthew 9 a minute. Look back here a second. Matthew 9:35 you learned anything. Yes. See we're talking we're teaching on healing so healing will be the result of this if you need it and you know listen, stay with me. I'm going to teach on healing for several weeks. so you know if you don't feel like you're in faith to come, if you're desperate come but I mean you know unless I have a word of knowledge that fits you, then you should come. but I mean I could give a general altar call too and you could come. Hallelujah. I know this, people learn bit by bit, bit, piece by piece. I can take you to places in the New Testament where Jesus was just in three days. It didn't say they were all healed the first day or the first service, They said they were healed. The blind, the blind saw, the deaf heard, the dumb spoke, the lame were made healed in three days. You know, we got this thing so cut down now, you know what I mean, church and the way we sometimes do things that we don't have a lot of extra time. Sometimes people have been dealing with symptoms in their body for 5, 10, 15, 30 years, and maybe a, a compilation of things because they haven't understood how to be healed. And they want me to do a miracle in 15 minutes. If I can't do that, i got to go eat lunch. I'm going to Grandma's today. Shut, hurry up, Pastor. Well, if you need to go to Grandma's, just leave. I mean, that's okay with me, but I'm trying to help you to see this is an ongoing teaching that we want to do to get, cover a lot of different areas to help people be healed and be healed thoroughly we're coming in. I'm coming into a time I don't know about everybody I'm com- where there's going to be multiple things done and even just recently three or four or five six letters came in from people that said you prayed for me about this but this got healed too when you prayed I said did I mention that nope you didn't mention that you just prayed for me about this but this and this and this got took care of too I said hmm See? And we're going to come into a different level of things, some of us in the church, try to help people more. I saw a guy one time on TV, and he had a body brace. He was standing beside him. It was as tall as him. He went up to his neck like that, and he was in like that, encased he could walk. But barely, I mean, he was in this cage. And he said, I went to a Catherine Kuhlman meeting. She, Catherine Kuhlman was a famous healing evangelist that normally came out on the platform <laughs> she would call things out by word of knowledge primarily what she operated in now I operate that too but I mainly operate in transmitting healing power now she operated in the word of knowledge which is a little different but she, she said he was back there he said I had 23 diseases in my body said there was thousands, ten 000 to 15,000 people in a giant auditorium I was 250 feet away from her in a crowd of a multitude of people standing there and she got on the platform, she started, boom, 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 23. She named every disease in my body in about three or four minutes. And he told the people around him, get me out of this cage. And they said, well, you'll die. He said, get me out of this cage, I'm healed. And they unbuckled him, and he dragged the cage up, his cage, you know, this, up on the platform, stood it up, and stood there whole. And I saw him years after that on and he still had that thing showing that he had been healed of that. 23 diseases. That's some power. Betty Baxter, a little girl born deformed, her feet all curled up, all the organs in the wrong place internally. Huh? Go into comas and all kinds of stuff. Uh, we, I think she's in heaven now. I, we saw her, she was an older lady, maybe 60 or 70 when we saw her on DVD. We saw her on TV and I got a DVD of that. And she told about, she was 12 years old, I think, and Jesus came to her and said, Betty, I'm coming Sunday to heal you at 2 o'clock. Oh, wow. And said her mother came in to see her a few minutes later, and she started telling her, Mama, Jesus just came, and her mother finished, yeah, he's coming Sunday at 2 o'clock to heal you. That's right. Did he come to you? Yeah. She said, well, you go buy me some new shoes and new dress because I'm going to go to church when he's done with me. I mean, her feet were all drawn up like that. She couldn't even put her foot in a in a shoe. He said, "I all gathered the whole family gathered two o'clock in the living room at that home and didn't have air conditioning back whenever that was, the thirties or I don't remember the exact date." But said the, the wind began to blow outside. The curtains were blowing, and all of a sudden, there came a cloud came into the living room, like a little like a little tornado, like a whirlwind, and it got real smoky in there. And now that cloud, Jesus stepped out. He touched Betty on her forehead, and they said we heard Papa noises. Took about a minute and a half. She stanced when he got done with her. She was standing like that, totally whole. She said, "I'm going to church, Mama." Yeah. Went to church, and all the deacons fainted. <laughs> True story. They stood her up on the platform for four or five days. Hundred, I mean, I don't know, thousands of people. Of course, everybody in the community knew little Betty was a little crippled girl, deformed girl, but she wasn't deformed anymore. And she went on preaching for years and years and years. Traveled some with Norval and some other well-known people. Anyway, Norval Hayes. Yeah, we're getting into some things here. Hallelujah. Could God really do that? Yes. Yes, he can do that. And a lot more. See, I'm not discouraged. I'm moving with God, trying to move with him. All right, Matthew nine thirty-five. I want to look at this verse, and we're going to move on. Jesus went about all the cities all of them, and villages, teaching in their synagogues. That's a Jewish place of worship. You know, that's where that guy shot some people yesterday in California or the day before. But he went away, he, he went to the villages teaching. Notice that, teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Notice he was teaching and preaching first. So that's why we're taking some time to teach and preach about it, to help our our minds to catch hold, and our hearts to be fed in the word of faith so we could yield to it better. All right, you still here? All right, let's 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 go back here to Psalms 107. We were back here recently talking about redemption. We're looking at it from a little different point of view today. Psalm 107. Let me find that. 107. Let's see here, yeah, 107 verse 20, 107 verse 20, he said, Psalm 107 verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Notice that, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their, destruct- I see this is twofold. First of all, he sent Jesus, the living word. And, and it says the word became flesh. That's talking about Jesus in John chapter 1. But also he sent the written word to us. The written word of God. He sent his word and, he, and one translation says he sent his word and it healed them and delivered them from their destructions. I'd like you to at least listen to me a minute. It doesn't say anything about the devil. But people don't think right. They don't talk right. They don't believe right. So they don't get right. Things don't go for them the way it should. You've got to see your own destructions. Some of that is the way we've been thinking about things. Some of it's the way we've been talking about things. Some of it's the way we've been believing for things. All right. Now, why is this? The word heals you. This is what I want to get off on this a minute. And I've got a few more scriptures, more than you've got time set for, but I'll kind of wind it. Got a few more anyway, besides this one. I want to talk to you about Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent his word and it healed them word heals you, number one, it answers your questions. You know, when I got saved, 1971, I was ex- I was drug addict, drug dealer. Man, I was sick. I mean, my body was messed up. I'd been shooting dope, especially methadrine for three years in my vein. I was a speed freak. I died about six months prior to getting saved. My spirit left my body, got to the ceiling. God put it back in me. Just all kinds of supernatural things happened to me during that time. I got saved, and I knew that Jesus was real when he saved me, but I didn't know how to cooperate with his healing power because I had a lot of issues in my body and in my mind. Oh, my gosh, my mind was so, so messed up. Just so messed up. You know, you, you, unless you've lived like a drug addict... For three years, you don't know what I'm talking about. You may have a relative that's a drug addict unless you live with them for three years and do dope with them for three years and behave like they behave for three You wouldn't know what I'm talking about. But my mind was so riddled with corruption and darkness and just strangeness. Yeah, Jesus took me as I was. he said, say, clean all that up and then come back to me. No, he just said, come on, Michael, tonight I'm going to make you a new person. And I gave you my life, and he did. I'm so glad he took me. I didn't have anything going for me, really. I really didn't. And so I'm saying all that. See, I knew once I got saved that he was real, that he ought to be able to heal things and heal people and but see I didn't my church didn't teach it. They were of no value to me. They didn't teach deliverance. Oh my God, what kind of man would I become ten or fifteen years earlier had I ran to the pastor and said I got them covered up, man. I don't want to think like this, but I've got some issues. Can you help me? With drug addiction, alcoholism, sexual stuff, just all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and he would have laid hands on me like I can lay hands on people and have for many, many years now. Come out! And got delivered. And then teach me how to stay delivered. If he didn't write a book, get one that was well written, like I wrote, and give it to me, you know, where somebody else wrote back then. But he didn't do that, he didn't know anything about it. How limited the church has been. Yeah. I'm preaching really good. Are you mad about it? I'm mad about people that are stupid yeah. when they shouldn't be. Yeah. Dr. Summerall said the church has become a referral service. Oh. Mm. You're sick, go to the doctor. You're mental, go to the psychiatric people. Take some medicine. That's that's the average church person's mentality. Now, I'm not against medicine and doctors. If you're not going to do it God's way, for God's sake, get some help. But I sure investigate what you're putting in your mouth before you take it. Amen. Hello. Because it's going to fool with you. That's the thing about natural medicine. It always has side effects. Not putting it down if you need to take it. But don't have to live on it all your life. When I got out of the Navy, they gave me something. They said, you're going to have to live on this the rest of your life. I just said, okay, because it helped me calm myself down. But after a while, I just didn't want to deal deal with that anymore. I I don't know where I went here with you here. I went somewhere. Okay, it answers your question. Here's my point. I didn't know anything about divine healing, but somehow internally, listen to me, somehow down in my inner man, just being an ex-dumb drug addict, Somehow I knew God could heal people and deliver people, and I just didn't know how to get out of that where I could get to somebody that knew something. I started going to church immediately. It wasn't like I, you know, acted crazy and said, the church is full of you-know-what. No, I started coming to the church because I found Jesus, and I knew that God was going to get up and open a Bible. I was smart enough to figure that out, but it's just the same old, same old, same old nothing. And I would ask some of the people in the church, some of the elders or whatever they called them, whatever names they put on them, doesn't matter. They didn't know nothing. Well, you never know what God's going to do. You know, God is in control. Both of those things are lies. They're lies. Quit listening to lies. The devil loves people to listen to lies. No, what do you mean God doesn't? You never know. I know exactly what he'll do. He said in Ephesians, you can understand what the will of the Lord is, period. So if I can understand what the will of God is, I don't have to stay in the dark. Amen. I wish somebody had showed me that today. I got saved, but they didn't. I don't think they stayed in Ephesians. <laughs> they were living back somewhere else with a cloud over them. I stayed with the word. Listen to me. I went to seminary. They didn't answer any of my questions either. PhD, DIT, and all your fancy stuff. I got to earn doctorate today. And the guy that gave it to me said, "I'm proud to give you this." When he met me at the airport, I said, "My god, you know a lot of stuff." Well, I'm not bragging on me, but that's from a man of his caliber who ran around with Jack Coe and all the and William Branham and people like that in his day. He was a brilliant person. If you were here when I got my doctorate, we got to have lunch with him. He was just something else. But anyway, these guys that had all these doctor's degree, I'd ask them a certain question about Paul's thorn or Job. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I didn't say that back then. I wish I had it. But I wasn't trying to get kicked out of seminary. Uh-huh, yeah. No, I'm serious. What do you mean you don't know? Well, what are you doing teaching us if you don't know nothing? You can't answer my simple question. They would say, well, you never know what God's going to do. God's in control. I wouldn't stay in a room if somebody talked to me like that today. But back then, I was just a young, green seminary student trying to figure all this out. My point to you is God answered every single question I had about divine every one of them. And I've never been able to teach you all the answers yet. I've only been here 40 years. You know, preaching the gospel. And he answered some I didn't even ask him about. He was so committed to help me get truth in me. Amen. <laughs> Every question got answered by the word of God. Yes. I didn't go to Rhema. You know, they had classes on healing, and I'm saying that to commend them. And uh, there was a few Bible schools around the United States and the world that probably did teach it. I taught it in this Bible school. I had three Bible schools in this church since I've been here. And we taught all this to people. But most people, they don't know anything because they never taught it. Well, we never know what God's going to do. God's in control. He's not in control down here. If he is, he's got it in a mess, a serious mess. You do know that, don't you? Even America. I'm not against America. I love it, but I'm not gonna listen to the news anymore about it. They're just crazy. All those people are crazy. I'm being sweet about it. So the word answers all your questions. Listen to me, I don't care what question you have, even if I'm not going to give you private time to answer all your questions, you know, individually, but I'm just trying to show you the word will answer all your questions if you're willing to stay with it. You have to get out of TV. You're going to have to get out of recreation. That's all you live for, you know. Go to here, go here, go there, do this, do that. No, 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 no. This is a fragmented society we're living in today. Very disruptive Oh, praise God, I'm preaching to the choir, I know. Number two, it feeds your faith. The Word will feed your faith, make you confident God will heal you. Number three, it puts you in a position to receive. The Word will put you in a position to receive. It may take a little time. You know, you're learning as you go. Remember we said piece by piece, little by little? And then fourth, it helps you meet the conditions that you need to meet for God to move in your behalf. Now, let me say this here. I didn't say this before. You know, if you live long enough, uh, you're going to go home. You're going to go home to heaven. That should be self-evident. But you don't have to go home sick, and you don't have to die early. See, if you think that, you'll have that. Don't tell me about your uncle. Don't tell me about your grandma. I don't care. I care about people, but you tell me your grandma loved God and died at 37 with leukemia. I'm sorry, sweetheart. She didn't know healing. Mm -hmm. Not the Bible healing. I didn't say she didn't love God. Mm -hmm. And and there's wonderful people that have died young. (laughs) How many are listening to me? But if you identify with them, you probably go that way too. Why don't you identify with some of us that want to live a long time? Yes. Yes. And some of us that believe our best is yet to come. Yes. I was reading about Moses a while back. I think he was, what was he, 120? His eye was not dim. His natural force was not abated. In other words, he was full of vigor. <laughs> he was full of vitality. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Or how about Caleb? Remember him? He said, Moses prophesied to me 45 years ago. I'm as strong this day as the day he spoke it. Give me the mountain. Well, don't you know the the, the giants live up here? Yeah, I'm going to slay them all and I'm going to fertilize the earth with their carcass. And he did. <coughs> he did. That's the way we need to be thinking when I'm 85. I'm going to take the mountain with the giants in it. Talk about Star Wars, baby. That's the real Star Wars there. Or how about the guy that defended a field of beans? I don't know why he defended a field of beans, but anyway, he must have been hungry. It was the point of, it's the point the enemy's not taking this from me. Send all you want. And it says, the Bible says, he so grabbed his sword to where his hand was one with his sword. When he got done, he couldn't turn it loose. They had to help the guy. I don't know how many he slew, a bunch of them, but he defended his turf. Defend your turf. <laughs> I preach it pretty good for y'all everywhere here. All right, let's go to let's go to Proverbs four. I got to get you guys out of here sometime today. I sure I'm not mad at anybody. If you took if you take it wrong and you're not listening to me, I'm I'm mad at the devil. I'm mad at people that don't believe nothing. They don't want to believe nothing. They don't want challenge. They just want to live. Leave me alone, preacher, let me. Well, I don't want to leave you alone. I want to help you. I remember so-and-so, I won't mention their name, went to the hospital to see her, and she said, I know you want to talk to me about living, but I'm done. Leave me alone. I love you, pastor, but I don't want to live anymore. Tried to talk her out of it, and she wouldn't have it. said, well, I've heard you talk about dying in faith. Would you talk to me about that? I said I will I don't want to but I will because I love you I'd like you to stay because you got children and I told her how to die in faith and kissed her on the forehead and said I'll see you on the other side she died next day you know sometimes people just get tired of fighting had cancer that lady had cancer three or four or five times I don't remember but she you know and other personal things I won't mention it's none of your business wouldn't have been my business. I was just your pastor. But my point is, I want to challenge you to live strong and live long and fight for what you, belongs to you. You have to get that in you. I don't know how to tell you to do that other than preach it to you. You know, when I was a drug addict, I wasn't to play with it nothing. And I'm not ashamed of that. I'm ashamed of being a drug addict, but I'm not ashamed that I was all in. You know, Jordan teaches, be all in for God. Well, I was all in for the devil. Carried a gun and mad about it and just, you know, wild. But when I got saved, I said to the Lord, Lord, if I've lived like this for the devil in darkness, I'm going to live like this in the light for you. And you're going to have to teach me because I don't know anything about you yet. I was in church from 5 to 15, but I didn't get it. So I went back in church at 21. And I was trying to get it, but still couldn't get much because I didn't have much to get They expected you to screw your life up every week and come back and blow your nose at the altar and repent over all your trashy stuff. But it wasn't about being victorious and seated with Christ and having dominion. Oh, my God. I would have been thrown out of that church for being a heretic had I brought it up. They didn't know nothing about that. And then I went to the same seminary that the guy that was my pastor went to, and they still didn't know nothing 40 years later. That would have really helped us. I'm not impressed because you write a book. I'm impressed because you got something to say that's scriptural, that's valid, that's vital to me to live and conquer things. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where am I at, Romans? I mean, uh, Proverbs 4. Okay, stay there. I'm going to go there. Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son or daughter attend to my words. Now, you know, this is something we have to get. This is, I'm going to show you how to be healed. You've got to attend to his words. Attend to my words. In other words, God's words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. You know, people say, well, I'm praying for faith. Well, you're wasting your time. Faith don't come by praying. Faith comes by hearing. Get get this right. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. You know, if you have medicine that says rub it on, you try to squirt it in your mouth and take it, you're in trouble. Because it wasn't for that sub, it wasn't for that use. You had to rub it on. You don't squirt it in your mouth and swallow it, you're allowed to poison yourself. You've got to stay with the instructions. Attend to my words. In other words, we we used to say it's kind of a slang thing, I've got to tend to something. I gotta tend to something. That means I need to get to that right away. Isn't that right? So you you need to put the word first place and incline your ears. I cannot tell you how many hours I've logged listening to CDs and DVDs. I got them in my car, got them at home, got them in my TVs. You know what I mean, disc and things like that. Because I pay attention to that and let things feed me, feed my faith, feed my faith. And I had a little deal that I used. It had a lot of material on it, but I asked Sean to go get me. Is there a bigger thing they have that you can put the similar material on it that's got a more volume? Because I can't hear it anymore hardly. And uh, you know, paid six hundred dollars. It was worth every dime of it. Been worth it if I had to pay six thousand to me. Because I want to hear the word. And it's got got DVDs on it. It's got uh, you know videos or whatever you call that format and stuff like. That. Because I want to hear what God has to say. And I'm listening to things. That's just me. I'm just talking. See, but I'm trying to do this here. And I have for me, I don't read newspapers. I've never read newspapers my entire life. I don't listen to music normally unless it's Christian, and that's limited. That's why I have time for all that i got to tend to something here. It says, incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. This is why I go back to my Bible and I let my eyes fall on the same pages until they're worn out and I'm taping them together sometimes because I want to let my eyes see what he's saying. Keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life unto those that find them and health or medicine to all their flesh. The word health there is the Hebrew word medicine and the... the, uh, The Lesser Bible, he was a Hebrew scholar, said into all his body a healing. His words are to all our body a healing. But Rotherham said it the best way, verse 22, to every part of one's flesh they bring healing. To every part of one's flesh the word brings healing to us. Think about that. To your brain, to your heart, to your lungs, to your liver. If you're a male or female, you have different organs, you know, whatever. But then you got bones, you got blood, you've got, ves- uh, you know, ten- sinews and tendons and all that, and you, got, uh, you you got quite an anatomy. But to every part of it, the Word of God will bring healing. The Word of God will bring healing. You know, sometimes you have to, uh, I want to pray for you in just a minute, but see, we're showing you this is the way to get into healing, And to stay into it, because you've got to attend to the words, and you've got to look at them, and you've got to hear them, and you put them in your heart by saying them. By saying them, I said by saying them. Let me look back here. I think I got a verse for you. One more verse here, back here, and I think it's uh, Psalms fifteen or something. Let me look, see if I can find that for you. I got all kinds of stuff in my Bible here. You know. Psalm 15 and verse 2, it says, uh, verse 1, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle, or your, your structure? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? It's talking about in the presence of God. He that walks uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He speaks that truth in his heart. That's how you keep it in there, speaking it. You keep speaking it. You keep speaking it. See, this is how you stay well and how you stay uh, sound. Hallelujah. Are you with me? See, you can stay well if you do all this. Praise the Lord. We're we're getting in the word. I've been preaching 51 minutes according to the clock in the back. Hallelujah. See, don't get tired of uh, hearing. And, you know, if you don't like your Bible use, I'd get another one. Throw it in the trash and buy a new one. I don't, you know, whatever you need to do. If you can't mark in it, for all means, get one you can mark in. And mark it up. And enjoy it. And and you wear out some Bibles. Like I told my children when they were young, I said, you're going to have to wear out some Bibles like Daddy has if you're going to be fully trained. So that's what I told them. And I said, I can help you to a degree, Through your life, but I can't do everything for you. You have to have your own faith too. See, I try to teach them that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I was thinking of something there and got away from me. Hallelujah. Stand up with me. Glory be to God. I'd like you to.